to another episode of Where the White Coat Comes Off. Today, we have someone special here today. We have Michael Atchley, also known as Atch, and he's actually Katie's husband. Now, Katie is the co-founder of Pre-PA Clinic. We've had her on the podcast before. She's amazing, and this is her amazing husband. So today, we're going to take it a little, little different route. We're going to talk a little bit about someone who was um, involved with a PA student while she was going through PA school, but really didn't go through it himself. So he's kind of got the outside perspective of what he saw um, looking in. So, Ash, thank you so much for being here. Really, really excited to have you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to sharing stories about uh, how Katie and I met and spent time um, together while she was in PA school. Yes. Oh, well, we really are so glad to have you here. Ash has so much wisdom. He drops so many amazing things. And so, guys, listen really, really closely because the stuff he says is always amazing. He's always got a way to put things in perspective that you makes you think of things in a totally different way that you maybe never thought about before. So before we start, just a little bit about your story, a little bit about your background, and then how you and Katie met. All right. Well, I'm an aquatic biologist. I work for the state of Tennessee and oversee the Division of Water Resources programs there that look at Clean Water Act, Tennessee Water Quality Control Act, and I just do the studying the insects, the quality of water, and work with the regulations that go along with that. How did you and Katie meet? So, um, that's a that's a great story. It's one of my favorite stories in, in time. <laughs> I love how you have stories. <laughs> so, I've been single for about a year, year and a half, um, coming out of a, a marriage, actually. And I had really dived into working out, running with my friends in the mountains, just getting out in nature, and just living, living a very active lifestyle, right? Okay. And I... Not been interested to start dating or meet someone. I had no interest in any of that. And how Katie and I met kind of falls into that buddy of mine that I run with quite often. We were at the park running, and he had been talking to me about, don't I want to start dating? When should I start going back out with women again? And I was uh, I was sitting there telling him, I'm not, I just no need for that. Everything in my life's going good. I'm making some progress, you know, physically, getting better health. Um, I had three kids in my previous marriage. And I was enjoying raising them. They were doing good. They were, um, at that time, five and seven. Wow. And I say five and seven because I have twins. Ah, wow. Um, Busy man. (laughs) Yes. And so, anyways, I'm at the park, and Katie happens to get out of her Jeep and walks by where we're sitting, stretching after doing our run. And my buddy Brian says to me, well, go over there and say hi to that girl at least. I mean, make an effort for a girl. So I, I went over to Katie and um, kind of shied myself into it and walked up to her and told her she had a really pretty dog. <laughs> and she said, thank you. And I, uh, I love it. And I walked off, <laughs> went back to my friend and said, yep, there it was. I did it. And so he's like, no, we're going to sit here until she walks all the way back around and you're going to go talk to her a second time. Well, unfortunately, I'm not that patient. And, um, <laughs> She was, she was walking around, so he and I, I said, listen, I've got to get home. I've got other chores for the day. So he and I left, and um, I didn't see her again that day. But, again, like I was saying, we are very active. We are doing a lot of runs together, and we had a big weekend trip coming up. And, and um, this would have been on, like, on a Monday okay. when we were at the park that, and saw Katie for the first time. And so midweek, I decided to go out for a road run that day and I was running and I stopped by the gym to go to the restroom because I was trying out a hydration pack and I never wore one running before. Uh-huh. There's a lot of fluid intake that I was not used to. <laughs> so are you telling me having to pee made a big difference in your life? <laughs> having to pee and having, being hydrated for one of the first times in my life and has had one of the best impacts in my whole life. That's amazing. <laughs> so 
I, I was running, uh, and I thought, i got to find the restroom. And there was a gym, and I ran up there real quick to go inside to use the restroom. And as I'm coming out of the um, gym, Katie's going in to work out at that gym. And I recognize her as, as the pretty girl with the dog. So I said, hey, aren't you the girl I saw the other day at the park with the dog? And I said, yes, you were that guy running without a shirt on. <laughs> and, and, I, and so at that point, I just start, introduced myself to her, told her who I was, um, asked her who she was. She said she just moved to town. She had started PA school. She was okay. just about four to five, maybe six months into PA school on the didactic side. And I, I thought that was interesting. So I asked her for her phone number and I, you know, just felt really encouraged by my friend to, to put myself out there and see what happened. Sure. And so I did. And that was on a Thursday. Then on Friday, my friend and I, we were left out town to go on a run and we didn't come back until the following Monday. And then I asked her out on a date. It's kind of history since then. <laughs> I love it. So when you were starting to talk to her, you didn't know her from Adam, that kind of like first conversation, did you know what a PA was? I knew what a PA was, yes. Okay. Um, I didn't know all the education that goes into becoming a PA. I didn't know what the schooling involved. I didn't know if it was something you did straight after graduate school. I didn't know if it was a master's type program. I didn't know the school of it, but I knew physician assistant um, because I had been to my family practitioner many times and seen a physician assistant. Okay, so familiar with the profession, but not really what went into how to get there. Yes. Okay. And so you guys started dating, um, got uh, pretty, I guess, close pretty quickly. And so what was it like from someone kind of outside looking in, like her struggles through PA school? What did you, what did you notice? I tell you, I noticed that it was very time consuming. Um, <laughs> it, it took a lot of her time. It took a lot of effort. Very stressful. It seemed like every test was... A, in my perspective, because I had a master's degree and had not been in PA school, that every test was like a final. So every test yep. she was going to take was it would have been how I saw my finals at the end of the year from sure, my college yeah. experience. And so I thought that was very, very extreme. I was like, Jesus, that's, that's a you know high intensity, high stress type classroom setting. And so yeah, I saw that's the way I saw it looking at it, what Katie was going through and what she was having to do each week. Now, did you guys have like a conversation when you got serious? Did she sit down and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, this is what I need from you, or how did that work? Yes, we had several conversations. You know, as I mentioned before, I came out of a previous marriage, and I wasn't sure if I ever really wanted another serious relationship. Sure. So the first first two or three months we were dating, you know, I was keeping everything at bay, and because she was in PA school, she had to keep everything at bay. She right. couldn't. She couldn't just devote a bunch of time into a relationship. Um, but you know, I had prayed a long time to God to give me wisdom, give me courage, you know, help me meet someone that was pursuing him, mm -hmm. not pursuing necessarily me directly, but it was pursuing him that I could benefit from their faith and indirectly be pursued because they understood what God's love meant when you're pursuing God. And it was probably in the second month we were dating, Katie asked me where I went to church. And that was like the door opening for what I've been praying for to God about and what was on my heart as we were dating at the time, just casually dating because I was keeping her at bay and she was busy. Right. I told her and it was so coincidental. We both attended the same church, but had never seen each other at church. Oh, that's crazy. That is um, crazy. Very, very coincidental. We had a conversation. That conversation went like this. It this relationship is going to be exclusive, then we need to worship and go to church together. At that point, we started putting our schedules on Sunday morning on the same schedule and then started including 
our faith on that day together in our relationship dates and so forth. That was the big turning point for me. Um, it was the wrestling that I was going through in my life with God on not wanting another serious relationship. Okay. And him telling me that it's not in your control, it's in mine. And that he will provide that for me instead of me trying to control whether I I could have a relationship and be serious again. So giving up control, that's always one of the hardest things, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I had to give up total control to God. So especially for like type A students are usually the type of students that go to PA school. Giving up control can be scary. It can be uh, one of the hardest things we do. But it sounds like once you gave up that control and just kind of did what you needed to do, that everything else pretty much aligned. For, on my side, yes. You know, I, I was able to get myself where I needed to be. But Katie, she was busy. She was in PA school. She wasn't looking necessarily for a long-term serious relationship. We were d dating, even though when she came to me and said to me that she, if we're going to be exclusive, we need to go to church and worship together. She fully wasn't looking to, for long-term, get married. Um, she, she also had her questions about marriage because in her upbringing, she had seen uh, her parents both have multiple relationships and, and divorces. And so she was not sure that marriage was in her cards either. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So you have these two people. You've got one in PA school, one that's starting to date someone and starting to get serious about someone in PA school. It sounds like you guys kind of sat together and said, hey, these are things that are important to us. We're going to pencil in church on Sunday. We're going to pencil in, you know, this amount of time, this amount of time. So would you say like that the time management just had to be there? You guys had to make a commitment at a certain times and days to be together? Yes. And we had to communicate. I mean, the key to it was both of us were pursuing a relationship with Jesus to be closer to him and to glorify him through the way he loved us. And we had to communicate that to each other. And what that did for us, communicating that and even being on that, realize in the relationship we were having, nothing was about us. It was about the other. Because when you have a good relationship with Jesus, you're not thinking about your personal gains in a relationship. You're not thinking about your needs. You're thinking about their needs which was very important for me because as I grew closer to Katie, my needs was I need more of Katie's time. Right. But Katie's needs was I just need to be allowed to pursue what I'm pursuing, but for someone to be there for me when it's hard and someone to love on me when, when I need love. And so at that point, I came to a realization because where I was in my relationship with Christ and I was continually growing closer to him that in our communications of what both of us needed, I needed to serve Katie. And so that meant as she was in school and had these needs, I needed to make sure I met her where she needed me to meet her in those needs. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah, so the way you thought about it is she's at this stressful time in her life, whatever I can do. Maybe put what I what I think I want and need on the back burner and serve her to get her through this process. Is that right? Yes, yes, 100%. Just had to let go of what I thought I needed in a relationship and realize in reality, in, in all relationships, um, it can be this way, but specifically in our, my experience relationship with Katie was I've got to put myself behind and pursue God. And by doing that, it encourages you to serve your partner and serve your, your relationship. And it, it was such that bled, that was a blessing to us. It really helped me. Um, I hope it helped Katie. Um, she, she was in school and, and she, she was super stressed. And I'll give you one example of I really wanted a weekend with her. And she, it was a holiday and school was out for a few days. And so I wanted to take her on a trip. But like I said, everything in PA school seemed like from an outsider looking in, like she had finals constantly, right? <laughs> and so it seemed like they gave her a break from school so she could 
study for a final because as soon as the day she had to go back to school on this four-day break, she had a final, a test to take. And so, um, I, I, but I wanted some of her time. She had a break from classroom. So I, so I planned a trip for us. Um, and I had to be super intentional with that, right? Sure. Because I wanted to go do something and her and I experience something, take her to dinner, right? So just like as we're dating, um, I had made plans that in meal times or certain parts of the day, we would have some time together. But the rest of that time, she would have the luxuries of focusing on her school, focusing on her PA school, um, um, class and whatever test she was needed to study for at that time. So it was, I planned a trip to um, Savannah, Georgia. And uh, it's about a six-hour drive. And so I bought this car set up to with plug-ins for computers, um, hotspots, Wi-Fi. For the six-hour drive, she could, and I would just shut off and let her do what she needed to do on the drive and not talk to her, um, you know, put my own little headphones in, occupy my time, give her that space in that car ride. And then when we got there, um, you know, I purposely, intentionally rented a Airbnb mm-hmm. that had a nice, you know, living space where I could do what I needed to do, but she could also go to a space to study instead of a hotel or somewhere else where we're both kind of crammed in sure. and there's not space in it. So I got a very intentional Airbnb that had good space in it so she could study. And then I made our plans and I gave Katie the, the t- itineraries for the day. <laughs> I even came up with itineraries. I love um, that. I love so that. she could know where she needed to spend her efforts on things too. And, you know, I, I, and I, and I coordinated those itineraries with her about like, how much time do you want to study? How much time do you need to study versus how much time do we want to relax and spend time together? And she gave all that to me and I told her, all right, I'll plan this stuff around that and then give an itinerary of that. So we, when we got to spend the times that she had said would work with her for being together and then, you know, time she needed to study, that it was super intentional. It was just about, all right, now we're together. We're going to go out to dinner. We're going, we went on, we went on a ghost um horse uh, carriage ride to, uh, for ghost stories uh, through, Savannah, uh, through, yep. <laughs> through the cemeteries and we had an amazing trip um and at that point i started falling in love with katie uh, at this point um, um i don't katie katie had a totally different um when she fell in love with me story and someday on a different podcast or something maybe she'll tell you that story um but I'm i started afraid. I start. I started falling in love with Katie at that point, and um, and it was because, it, what nothing of it was about me, and I was getting an opportunity to be intentional and really focused. And then by doing that, all the time we spent together was much better than the time we would have maybe spent together if we, if it was just free time all the time and not intentional and not focused. So that's really interesting. So your scheduling to spend time together made that time more intense and more meaningful because you knew it was short. Yes. Ah. And, and and the communication on the front end to, for us to know that those margins and spaces we'd had on our lives um, was just, it, it felt like we were a team. And, it, you know, it wasn't, didn't feel like it was a fight to our struggle or conflict for either one of us to have to, you know, um, figure it out. Yeah. To plan our lives around the other one's lives. It felt like we were in sync as a team by having that same intentionality to it. Wow. So did you ever have any, I don't know if resentment is the right word, but any resentment from, Hey, 
I met this girl, I really, really like her, or started to fall in love with her, and, you know, she doesn't have a lot of time for me right now, or did you always keep your mind on, like, hey, this is her right now, this is me right now, we'll grow together in the future? You know, I never had those thoughts go through my mind, like, any resentment or anything. I knew where she was, and like I said, I'd given it, at that point, to serving her, right? Right. So I was meeting her where she was, so I, I didn't have that resentment, because that, that would have came from a place where, it, and as I was younger also, and had relationships where I was... Um, more about how's this relationship serving me. And I was sure. out of that place in my life, thank goodness. And I was in a much better place. And so, no, I didn't experience that. Now, I did experience moments of insecurities and worry because, like I said, I started falling in love with her on, on that trip to Savannah, right? Because right. of the way our relationship was working in sync as a team. But when she had, she, you know, that was while she was in didactic year of school. Right. She had rotations coming. Ah, yes, clinical year. <clears throat> and clinical year, she had some rotations that were potentially going to be in other cities and long distance. And so I had got to the point where I was praying that those did not happen. You know, she I, and, and I would communicate to her that I was hoping that we could work it out if it did, a good balance and communication and intentionality that way too. But I had my insecurities there. because. Sure. I didn't want her to have, what's a rotation, six weeks, three yeah, weeks? Yeah, uh, four to six weeks, depending yeah. on schools, yeah. Yes, yeah, you know, six weeks to where I couldn't be there because of the distance between us or something, and we couldn't have more intentional time. Um, we, we would have we would have figured it out because at that point I've become very confident in us as a team, but that's when my um, selfishness and insecurities that I was talking about were, were tested the most. Sure. I can understand that. Yeah, going away for a month and a half at a time has got to be tough. Yeah. Now, it sounds like you are in a really good place spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Um, so what advice would you give to maybe a, a significant other of someone who maybe isn't quite there? Maybe they're still a little bit jealous of the time or maybe they're worried about, um, you know, th this person going through all the stressful things, how it's going to affect them. What kind of advice would you give them to sort of get to the place where you were in life? How you, how you knew you could serve Katie and it wasn't about you anymore. What steps could you take to get there? Cause you said you weren't always there. Yeah. The best step to get there is to understand that this is relationship advice and this doesn't have to be just in, you know, our experience, but it's in this is your relationship isn't about necessarily your needs in that relationship. You have needs in that relationship, and you got to have trust that they'll get met. But your actions have to come from what the other person in the relationship needs. So you need to always be acting on what they need. And that's my number one advice is communicate to them. Find out what their needs are. If it's time to study, you're going to have to give them time to study. If it's time to be in school and in class, you got to give them time to be in school and class. If it's time to go to study group, because that's another um, – thing that's very important is students get together a lot to, to work on stuff and some of the times in your dating you get well if they can be with other people why can't they be with us uh, why she can't yes. study on her own and that can be very distracting to you you got to understand that that's the that's the way they do that's the way they work that's the way they get better is and the way a relationship gets better you bounce off each other and you communicate the way um, you do well in school is you use your classmates to help build each other up and you study together with them and so you got to understand that's that's part of what they do, and you and you got to know those things. Communicate up front. It's great to always ask what what you what do you got plan what do you have this week or what do you got this month? What's coming up? Where do you have? Not expecting to make plans with them or, or even make schedule, 
but listen and hear what they have to say. Some of your intentional time has to come to this. Just asking them, what are their, what are their schedule? What is um, routine going to be like this week? And let them tell you to you because that's great for them. That's good for you. It's letting them talk about school that they need to. It's um, you becoming aware of what their schedule is going to look like or their need is, um, especially if they're really, you, you can get a lot from talking, communicating, right? Sure. You get body language, tech, you'll know if they're really stressed about a certain test. Like if you're talking to them like, hey, what do you got coming up this week? You'll know like if they've got a test coming up that they're really uncomfortable with or really feel like they got to dive in, they'll tell you. And if they have a test that they think they're going, it's, it's not going to be a test that's going to be that hard, you'll recognize that too by all those things. Because communication's top, top key to it. And other advice on that stuff when it comes to serving partner is you got, you if you're deciding you want to be serious with this person, and it is the next level where you're wanting to marry them or you're wanting a long-term relationship, well, you really got to, you got to dream their dreams. And if you, if you love them and, and their dreams to become a physician assistant, then you need to do everything you can to help them become a physician assistant. Yeah, and I really because like that. their dream becomes your dream, and when you see them succeed, you succeed. Um, that's one of the beauties of, of my relationship with Katie is every time Katie succeeds at anything, I feel like I just succeeded, and I necessarily didn't do a thing, but I have this. Desire of celebration, desire of, of, of like super, you know, proud, super joy and happiness that comes from Katie's, you know, success and things. And so you, you, you got to look at that and you got to ask yourself, I mean, and the, does, the, the, does my partner's dreams, are they my dreams? And then do I'm able to get behind their dreams? And you don't, I mean, you don't have to be a, become a PA. Is what right. I'm saying. You don't have to have to do what they're doing. Are their dreams the dreams you want for them too? And are you excited about their dreams? And you got to ask yourself that. And I had that with Katie. That was one of the things was she was so passionate about her school. She was so passionate about her dreams. She was passionate about travel. It made me passionate about the success of those things. Wow, yeah, because I think a lot of um, PA students really struggle with this with the significant others, especially if, let's say, you're a female PA student, which um, most of them are, or at least a lot of them are. And then... They maybe are with someone who's almost jealous that, hey, they're going to have this great career. They're going to get their master's degree. And it's almost like they don't intentionally try to pull them down and pull them back. But maybe a little bit of those feelings kind of bleed over to the relationship. And so did you ever feel that? Or, or what would you, what advice do you give to people who are just like, maybe they're just kind of slightly jealous that these people have passion and they have a career and that they have a place where they're going. And they feel almost like I feel, you know, less in comparison. My advice to those people is, it's kind of hard to get over yourselves. As I was, if I've said it throughout the, the whole thing, yeah. if you're in a relationship and it cannot be about you, any relationship that you end up making about you is not going to work for the other person and get over yourselves at that point. If you're, if you're, that's your concerns is you're going to feel inferior. You're going to feel um, jealous. You're going to have any of those things. I mean, you're going to be with other subject matter. I mean, you're going to be jealous if, if a guy talks to him at the at the grocery store. You're going to um, be, feel inferior if, if they look better than you. I mean, you've got some insecurities. I'd say go go find out what your wounds are and your insecurities. Work on yourself a little bit All in right, that perspective, yes. and then learn to serve others. Okay. 
Yeah, this has been some good stuff. So, so far I've heard, you know, communication is a big thing, making the small time you have intentional, learning to serve someone else, and really kind of working on yourself. That way you can be a better person for them. Um, So those are some overarching things that we've talked about. Is there any last advice you'd love to give someone who is a significant other to someone in PA school or going to PA school um, that you think might be useful? Yes. They're going to have hard days. They're going to be stressed. They're going to be going through hard times. They're going to be working in the health field. They got people's lives in their hands. They're going to see death. They're going to see healing. They're going to feel strong emotions coming from their profession. You got to be an encourager. They're going to need that encouragement. They're going to need that encouragement in hard days in school when they don't do as well as they wish they would. They're going to need encouragement when they see a really sick patient and their heart bleeds for that patient because they've went into this field because they're passionate about helping others. And you're going to have to keep giving them encouragement to continue going through the things they're going through because it becomes stressful. So my advice is think about how you can be more encouraging on top of serving. You're going to have to provide encouragement. Um, You're going to have to be a listening ear. You're going to have to be supportive with them. You know, I tell you one thing, I I used to say this to Katie. I don't know how much it helped her, but I I felt that, uh, you know, some mornings after listening to her talk about something she saw in the ER or something, I I would always send her a text right after let her get to work and let her go on just saying, have a great day healing others' lives because that's why she's there. So I wanted to give her a little bit of encouragement of the reason she went into becoming a physician assistant was she wanted to help others. And that's easily lost in the days where you can't help others because they're sicker than than you wish they were or it was more um, difficult than you thought it would be. So you got to be willing to encourage. So what I'm hearing from this is that it doesn't stop at graduation, right? They still have these needs. They're still going to be in this profession that is stressful, that is sometimes time-consuming, that takes holidays, that can take weekends. So just know that, you know, it just doesn't stop magically at graduation. No. And and, for, and, and any of this stuff, sh- I, would, I would hope could, you know, bleed over into any relationship, any time. If you're in a relationship, friends, significant others, I mean, th- that your relationship's got to be something more than about you. And specifically in this one, if it's going to work, it's going to have to be. Because if you're in a career where you're helping others, you need a team of support behind you. And so if you're, if you're in a relationship where one of you are helping others and becoming a physician assistant, doctor, and, you know, serving every day, you're going to have to have encouragement. And every relationship needs encouragement. But these relationships need it because serving is a hard job. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, we've been talking with Ash today. Um, hopefully, we'll, you loved his words of wisdom. We'll definitely have him back on the podcast. But if you are either a, a PA student, a pre-PA student, even a PA, or a significant other of someone who wants to be one of these things, like this is the stuff you want to listen to. This is the good stuff. This is the stuff they can't teach you in school. This is the stuff you don't learn. This is the things you don't put on your CASPA application, right? This is real life stuff from someone who literally met someone while she was in PA school and they managed to make it work. They did have this huge time investment of having dating for five years before she started. She was literally in the most stressful time of her life and they still made it work. So take some of these things to heart. Think about you. Think about how you can serve. Think about working on yourself in order to help them. And we will see you at the next podcast.